So you guys are either going to love me or you're going to hate me. And I do apologise if I've shown too much hair. It's what's missing from here. It's all on my legs. Apart from joking around. Uh, please do not get offended by the way I express myself. I have a lot of difficulties in trying to make, express myself in English because for the last 19 years I've been serving in, in Italy. So if I say anything that it, it doesn't sound English, just pretend it's, you know, I'm speaking in French or something. I don't know. A good morning for la nonna Porzia el papa Francesco, Chloe's grandmother and father. Wherever you are, buongiorno. So, Pastor Charles, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be back to a family. I am not a guest speaker. I am part of this family. And I'm coming home to a family, not to just be the guest, but to be family. So a little bit about my story, which really is going to reflect on what I am going to be sharing this morning. It, it, it most, most, when I am allowed to share, it's usually I share my story because that's all I know, what God has done for me. So hopefully in what I've got to share, one way or the other, you know, God's going to say, yep, yeah, that's for you, or it's all, this is what God has done for me. So it's all about Jesus. So in the conversation that I'm going to have this morning with you guys, please remember it's all about Jesus, because he's the one that's made the difference for me. So the story goes a little bit like this, at 10 years old, like most Italians, my parents were Italians, they went overseas, they went to the UK, I was born in London, so I have this pommy accent, but the suntan is obvious that I'm not English. So, <laughs> so the story goes like this, at 10 years old, my mum says to me, all right, Vincent, it's your time now to get prepared because you've got to go to catechism and have your first communion. So me at 10 years old, at 10 years old, I pray. And maybe one of the mistakes I made was just to ask for two things instead of three things. That's why I'm still single. So um, I pray, God, when I am uh, older, I want to be a priest and I'm a pastor. And when I die... I want to be in paradise, and I've been to paradise and back. I used to be a pastor at Paradise Community Church in Adelaide, so you know, God's sense of humor. <laughs> so I am back from paradise. <laughs> at the age of 11 years, uh, 12 years old, I was baptized in water. At the age of uh, 14 years old, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I had a vision, a dream. And what I saw was thousands of young people with arms raised worshiping Jesus. I had no idea what that was, what, what that was about. At the, age of 18, at the age of 17, I became a youth pastor. At the age of 20, I went into Bible school. And at the age of 24, I was invited over to Australia to pastor uh, an Italian church in, uh, in Adelaide. At the age of 39... No, at the age of yeah, 39, roughly, I went back to the UK and I started pioneering a youth ministry from London. 
I used to work as a funeral director and every weekend I would go over to Italy to pioneer a ministry that's now today called Youth Alive Italia. So for the last, for the first five years, I was working as a funeral director to support what we were doing in Italy. After five years of working in London as a uh, senior funeral director, I was, invi I was invited to a job in Milan. I was offered a job in Milan as a funeral director. So I'm straight away, within one week, I left my job in London and moved over to Milan to start working as a, a funeral director for a company that existed for around 50 years and it had around 25 branches in Milan and I was responsible for those 25 branches in Milan. With that job, I had accommodation, I had a car and I had a wage. As soon as that job was over, after two and a half years, the job came to an end because the company had shut down for various reasons. I had to start living by faith. So we have now in Italy four uh, teams, Youth Alive Italia teams. Uh, we have been reaching out to young people who are non-church attending young people, uh, evangelical young people and Catholic young people. We've built bridges over the last 19 years. We have been building bridges between the denominations. We have been um, raising up or training new leaders for when their turn comes to lead churches. We have done the hard work. So we've broken all the religious rules that there is to break. We've broken them all. Because the next generation that's coming to lead our, our churches or is, lead, is going to be leading ministry have to be young people who know what it means to, to break rules continuously to be able to build bridges. So a lot of the young people that I have been leading for the last 19 years, they all say, and when I say all, try and understand me, the majority say, we're like this because it's your fault. Please understand what I'm trying to say. We're like this. We look at things out of the box because somebody has believed in us and somebody has invested in us and somebody has encouraged us to go ahead and not look at the difficulties. So one of my jobs as the, the founding uh, uh, director of Youth Alive was to break all the rules, plow up the hard ground and throw out the seeds. So I serve a country that's not mine. And they keep saying to me, you foreigner, even though my surname is Borromeo, Borromeo, which is an aristocratic uh, family, very important in Milan. They say to me, you are a foreigner because they hear the accent. So a foreigner is serving a country that's not his. A foreigner is serving a generation that's not his. And a foreigner is serving a vision that may not he may not see fulfilled with his physical eyes. And this is what I'm going to be speaking on this morning. And I hope it's going to encourage someone, someone to, to, to continue to serve the dream, the vision that, that God has placed into their heart. Now, I am going to be speaking, obviously, in, in a ministry context, because that's, that's what I do. But the, the, the message this morning is not just about ministry. It's not just about being... In leadership, it's not just about being responsible in regards to church uh, life, but it's I'm going to be talking really to each individual where God has placed you. There's three things that I'm going to be speaking on. 
So your work environment, your school environment, your home environment, church environment, you know where it fits in. You know what this message fits into your life. So I'm going to be speaking on Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 1 to 12. And I'm only going to read one of the verses, just one verse. But you need to read the 1 to 12 to understand what it's all about. So here we go. And I promise you that I'll be finished by 11.30 tomorrow morning. So please bear with me. I know Pastor Charles is going to cut my head off. (laughs) Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 1 to 12. I told no one of what God had put into my heart to do for Jerusalem. So Nehemiah, this is how it goes. He finds himself in the royal palace of King Artaxerxes. Actually was the summer palace of King Artaxerxes. And he hears the message in regarding the walls or the state of his city, Jerusalem. A group of men had come back from Jerusalem and were telling people in regards what the state of Jerusalem was in. So the walls had been broken down, the gates had been burnt down, people were living in misery. So the text says this, on hearing the news, Nehemiah cries. He fasts and he prays. When the right time was presented, King Artaxerxes says to Nehemiah, now Nehemiah was the cupbearer to King Artaxerxes, the king says to him, there is something that's not right with you. Now we do need to understand culture and rules and regulations. The cupbearer was could never present himself before the king with a sour face. So the king says to him, it must be something in regards to your heart, the state of your heart. So Nehemiah prays and says, God, give me now the opportunity to share with King Artaxerxes. And Nehemiah shares his burden in regards to Jerusalem. He talks to the king in regards to the conditions of the walls, the city gates, the people, the way things were going on. And he asks the king for help. When I was 14 years old and I had this vision of thousands of young people with arms raised, I had no idea what it was all about. Until the day that I was sitting in Bible school, listening to one of the lecturers. And the lecturer said to the students, to us students, what is the vision that God has given you? So I sat there and I said to God, what have you called me to? 
And straight away the answer came, I've called you to serve young people. So that's what I do. I serve young people. Each one of us was born for a purpose. A seed has been dropped into your life. See, I'm going to be speaking this morning in regards to dreams, visions, callings, and passion. I won't say this morning to you what is your passion, but I will say what is your calling? What is your dream? What is your destiny? What is your purpose? Now, passion is up and down because uh, when we're happy, we have passion. When we are down, we lose passion. So I don't want to be saying, what is your passion? But I do want to be asking you, what is your dream? What is your vision? What is your purpose? And the dream, the vision, the purpose, I'm going to assimilate it to three stages of a seed. The seed, the dying of the seed, and the fruit of the seed. And that's why I'm going to be mentioning in regards to what I do with Youth Alive. Because my journey with Youth Alive is the seed, the death of the seed, and the fulfillment of the seed. And I hope that this morning I may be able to encourage or inspire someone to keep going when things are going hard. To keep believing when everybody says to you, you're no good and God will never use you. So Nehemiah, a seed was dropped into his soul. He cried. And he prayed for Jerusalem. That was the dream. That was the, 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 the purpose of his life. That was the calling that God had upon him, Nehemiah. And each one of us here this morning has a purpose in life, a God-given purpose. We're not all called to be pastors, church leaders, but we, all, we are all called to fulfill God's plan for our life, but also for the people that surround us wherever we are. And I want you to remember this morning, like what the theme of this, of today is, or the mission summit is, it only takes one. And that one person is you. So it wasn't just Nehemiah who had a dream, who had a vision, who had a, uh, a purpose in life. We have Abraham. He was called. See, the seed was dropped into Abraham's life when God said to him, you are going to be father of a great nation. We have Joseph who dreamed that one day his family will bow down to him. We have Gideon who was asked or was called to go out and save the Midianites. We have David who had a dream, a vision that he was going to build the house of God. We have Nehemiah who was going to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. We had the disciples who were going to preach the kingdom of God. I refer to Bible people because in the culture that I serve, it has to be in regards to Bible teaching. So, but you know many people that in life have caused uh, an upside down um, result or have caused people to, to carry on with their dream or to live their passions or their purpose. And they could be anybody. Look at your, your parents. 
Look at your relatives, look at uh, people that have been honoured in our society, look at our political leaders and look at the service that our Queen has given us. God has a purpose for each one of us. So what is the, your dream? What is your purpose in life? What is your vision? The seed that's been planted. Well, you could be like me. What have you called me to? Who, what's the purpose, your purpose for me in life? And the seed is dropped the day that you were conceived. Why? I will go on with, I will go with the second stage as soon as I just mention a few more things in regards to Youth Alive. Youth Alive Italia was born when I was 24 years old, the, the dream, the vision. I was sitting at a table in Bible school. That's where the, the purpose of my calling was born. Or let's say, that's when I realized what I was called to. And I'm sure each one of us one day will have this light that goes on and God reveals to us what is your purpose. That is your seed. Youth Alive started off when I returned. Youth Alive Italia started off when I returned from Australia, pastoring a church in Adelaide. I went back to the UK. I decided the night before I wasn't going back to Australia. And I said to God, if I have to stay here in the UK, give me the possibility of serving the next generation of Italians. So I started from London pioneering what we have to, what you see today in Italy. I'd gone out to Italy and I started uh, visiting people that had connected with me when I was a, a young lad in Bible school. And everyone said to me, what you have in your heart will never be fulfilled in this country. Go back to Australia. And I understand what they meant. Because of church culture, the religious culture, it would be very difficult for someone to do stuff out of the box. Stuff that was different. Things that were not under the, uh, the, the religious culture. But I understood what they were saying. And for you guys who, who know now or have understood what purpose is, what your purpose is in life, you need to continue to listen to the voice of God. You need to follow what God has put into your heart. You need to persevere in what your purpose in life is that's been given of God. Because if you're going to listen to other people, oh, it's too hot to go out there. Oh, it always rains in that country. Oh, the people are not going to listen to you because you're weird, you're strange, you wear a red nose, you wear a kilt, and now you wear essence. Oh, I say that. <laughs> there is always something neg negative that gets said to discourage. So if the seed that's been planted into your soul at the day that you were conceived, because that seed that was planted into your soul the day that you were conceived is because that seed has to be the reason that's going to help you to overcome your difficulties. I'm not sure if I'm explaining myself well here. Why do some people do stuff that everybody else says 
You're not going to get anywhere with that. Or the adversity comes along. Or people try to discredit what you're doing. What's going to cause you to overcome? It's that seed that's been planted into your soul. Andy's gone out to the, Andy and Levi, if I'm not mistaken, have gone out to the Northern Territory to do work, to change people's lives. There's young people that are going over to Vanuatu, if I'm not mistaken. They're going out because that's what God has shown them that it's their purpose in life. It's people that go to the other side of the world to do what? Engineering, cooking, electricians, plumbers. Why? Because God had given them that reason or the purpose in their life was to go out and serve the community, go out and serve the world. And the difference between a local plumber and a plumber that's coming from the other side of the world is because the plumber that's coming from the other side of the world has a purpose in life. Try to understand what I'm saying. Missionaries have a purpose in life and that is to bring Jesus to the local community. Oh, but he's only going over to the UK to be a plumber. Oh, he's only going over to the UK to be a cook. Oh, he's only going over to the UK to be a teacher. Yes, but per their purpose in life is to bring Jesus to that community in simple ways. We're not all called to be pastors, evangelists. I am not, I am not that. I am an old man of 58 years old without any hair and a white beard because he loves young people. He loves the next generation and God had called him to go and serve a country that's not his, a generation that's not his and a vision that he may never, never see fulfilled with his own eyes. But he's gone out because that's the seed that was planted in his life. So what is the seed that's been planted into your life? What is your dream? How are you going to make Jesus relevant to the person that's sitting beside you in school or at work or wherever you find yourself other than Sunday mornings? How are you going to affect people's lives? Just ask yourself, what is the purpose in life? What have you called me to, God? And God one day, one day will switch on your light and you will realize how you're going to bring Jesus to your community. But let me also say this, it hasn't been difficult. And it hasn't been difficult for me and it hasn't been difficult for many others. It doesn't mean it's going to be easier for you, if you know what I'm trying to say. So we have Abraham, the death of the seed. He finds out that his wife was sterile. It hasn't been easy for Joseph. He gets put in prison. It hasn't been easy for Moses. He was rejected. It hasn't been easy for Gideon. He had to lose 32,800 men. It wasn't easy for David because God had said to him, you're not going to build that house for me. It wasn't easy for the disciples. Jesus gets crucified. The death of the seed. Life is not always easy. And ministry is not always easy. And purpose in life is not always great. There's going to be a moment where that 
seed seems that it's, it's dead. There's nothing coming out of it. There's moments where everybody's against us. There's moments where we have difficulties. There's moments where we lose our job. There's moments when we have no more money. There's moments where we get rejected. The death of the seed. God, where are you? Well, this is how it works. If a seed does not die, it can't bring its fruit. We may get mistreated. We may get abused. We may get judged, criticized, accused falsely. And we may find ourselves in dark moments. But it's right in those moments, if we've surrendered totally over to him, that he's at work. And it's like being in a classroom that God is our teacher. Sitting there, listening to everything he's saying. Where Holy Spirit is at work in us, knocking the w- away the things that would hinder us, would hinder us to fulfill the dream, the, the vision, the purpose that God has given us. And it's in that classroom of darkness where everything seems to be against us that we, if we grab hold on to him, we find the strength to come through. Let me also say this. It's not always the, peop- the people that have done huge things. I've changed the world. I've put it upside down are the, that are the greatest. But in a lot of situations, the greatest people are the people that give others the opportunity of doing greater things. So the purpose, the cause that you're running for, that you're serving... You will never understand the impact that you will have in individuals' lives until you get to glory. So the greatest people are those who serve their community, who go out and do the hard work that nobody else wants to do. The simple things, the teacher, the plumber, the cook, the missionary, who go out into the... And please don't misunderstand me. I'm not, you know... Thank God for our leaders, our church leaders, our pastors. Thank God for them who continuously sow into our lives. Our leaders are not here for ourselves, for ourselves. They're here for each one of us because their desire is to see us become better than themselves. And I'm sure Pastor Charles understands what I'm trying to get at. So we have a dream. We have a passion that does not depend on our circumstances. We have a purpose in life. God has placed a seed into your life. Just like Nehemiah, Nehemiah, he just cried, bawled his eyes out like a little baby. Could have been Italian. (laughs) So God chooses him to go out and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. But when he got to Jerusalem, it wasn't always easy. He had the nations around, Geshem, Sambalat, Tobiah, the people around Jerusalem, because of their jealousy, they wrote false letters of accusation to King Artaxerxes, saying that Nehemiah has come to Jerusalem to cause rebellion against you. They had people falsely prophesy 
in regards to Nehemiah's work. Nehemiah had to work with all the rest of the men with a weapon in one hand and the tool in another hand to rebuild those walls. Difficulties come along. But thank God that our purpose in life does not depend on our circumstances. But it depends on the grace of God. And I'm going to conclude very quickly. Don't want to go over my time. The third stage of the dream, the passion, the vision, the seed, the dying of the seed, now the fulfillment of the seed. From afar off, the text says from afar off, people heard the celebrations that were going on in Jerusalem. The walls were being rededicated to God. The gates had been replaced. Can you imagine the celebrations that had gone on in that city after many years of living in a desolate place? Now, I'm not saying that people are going to celebrate you for what you, you've done, accomplished in, in life. It may never happen. But there is someone who's celebrating us and who's spurring us on. And we know who that is. Please, let me say this. Never underestimate your service for the well-being of someone else. Never underestimate that one euro that you decide to set aside every week because it's got to go into somebody else's life because we want to see that life encouraged. Never underestimate that. And I've got to honour you guys at this moment. I have to do this because if it wasn't for you guys and for those who know my story, I wouldn't be where I am today. And you may be saying, well, what is your story? Well, if you want to know that story, you can always ask Pastor Charles or Pastor Greg or Pastor Chris or Pastor Nick Resky or others that have been involved in my journey as the founder of Youth Alive. You see, when missions or churches say, we want to support this missionary, Please do not just think it's the money that they want from us. It's not that. That does help and that is needed. Finances are needed. But do you know what? When you start giving to someone that's on the other side of the world, you're not just a giver. You allow that person to come into a family relationship. I'm here this morning because I've come back to a family not to a church who has just given me financially. And I am eternally grateful for that to each one of you. It only takes one. Your giving to missions changes the world and it puts it upside down because you are allowing the missionary to continuously sow in another generation. And that's what it's about. You probably think, oh, the missionary is going to become rich on what we give him. I can assure you, missionaries don't work in that way. If you are a real missionary, and I'm talking to myself, it's not about becoming rich with what is being given to you. 
but because we are called to a nation that's not ours, to a generation that's not ours, and a vision that we may never see fulfilled with our physical eyes, that support that comes from the family overseas, 99.9% of the time of a missionary, it goes into the lives of the people that will be coming after him to make the difference. My job has been to do the hard work. I'm talking to you as a missionary now in this context. My job is to do the hard work that nobody else wants to do because I want to see the next generation of leaders having to sow, not plow. And the generation that comes after them, they will be living on the work that the plowman has done, the cedar has done, and they rejoice because someone the plower believed in the believed in the vision the dream the seed that was planted in his life and when the hard times come along and this goes out to each one of us because reality is we're going to find ourselves on our own trying to understand god what are you doing and because there's a family a family at, behind him and by his side, he manages to come through good because he has a family. 206, at 206 is a result of belonging to this family. When we took on the, the, the building that had been shut down for 60 years, when we opened up the shutters for the first time after 60 years, one could say there is no way that we're going to be able to do this up. But because the seed was planted, purpose, Youth Alive Italia exists because God gave someone purpose in life. And that was to go out to the other side of the world and serve the next generation. Because of that purpose in life and a family that encourages, that inspires, that restores, that releases. We have now a building. If you want me to go in deeper in the story, I'll be very quick. My time has finished. Everybody was saying, you're never going to do it. The first year I came back to, the, first, the second year I came back to Australia, 2019, was just after, was just after I came, came out, uh, just after two days of when someone said to me, how are we going to pay for the rent? which was one year in advance. So me being who I am, a leader, and I had to live by example. I said to my team, you watch, God is going to surprise us. On the way back from Australia, your love gift, your offerings, your support, I handed it over straight to my team and I said, could you please count what is in those envelopes? God had provided the whole year's rent right to the last cent. 
Then my team goes, well, how are we going to refurbish this building? 40,000 euro was the minimum that they were asking us. Well, just like God provided the building, just like God has provided the first year's rent, He will provide. And as soon as I said that, I said, how on earth am I going to prove to these young people that what I said was true? After two and a half years, we have a totally renovated building where now we have two charities that are working out of our building. We are doing English classes for business people. We have other projects that we are starting to put together to be able to do from that building. And that is because your purpose in life, your dream, your vision, God is faithfully providing for your needs and He's faithfully providing the strength for you to be able to come through the dark times. So after six months, Nehemiah, from the day that he left the court of King Artaxerxes, after six months, there were celebrations in the city of Jerusalem. After 25 years of Nehemiah's lost of the dream because his wife was sterile, God had given him the promise, a son called Isaac, who became a great nation. Moses, who was rejected from afar after 80 years, he sees the promised land that his people were going to enter. David, who was told, no, you're not going to be building that house for me. David decided, if I'm not going to build that house, I will make sure that Solomon will have everything ready to put the house together. And this is where I just briefly want to stop. We do not have to live under the spotlight. You know what? Some of us may be called to be serving something that they will get no credit from. Sometimes we will be serving something that nobody's going to take any notice of. But you know what? Thank Jesus that He sees and He provides. I haven't followed everything that I wanted to say because sometimes I just want to talk from my heart. And saying thank you as your family member, as a, as a missionary over in a country that don't always treat you good. Or sometimes when you're in a situation where you don't really know what to do. You've got to excuse me, I'm an Italian. God has given me a family. It's helped me to get to where I am today because that family has believed in my service, in my call as a missionary. But it's only taken one person to believe. And when that one person believes, they can put the world upside down for other people. And that is the family that I have here. You've believed in me and I thank you for my heart. You've been there for me when, when we went through the hard times of COVID. Being through there when I ended up being on national papers. And to end up on national papers, it means that something bad has really happened. It only takes one person. You be that one person to put the world upside down. 
you be that one person to make sure that somebody else's life is better than yours because God will reward your giving, your being and your doing because it's about his kingdom. So from Youth Alive Italia, my team in Italy, and from myself, director of Youth Alive Italia, from the mission that we are pioneering, which is going to become a church. If I don't see that church opening up, the next generation will. Thank you for everything that you've done for me. Thank you. Thank you to each one of you. God bless you.